0: Hi everyone, welcome back to Shakti Power, and we are heading into September. So, wow, summer went by so quickly, I can't believe it. And um, it still feels that there's a lot of sunshine and a lot of playfulness, and I know that everyone's making that mad last dash for Labor Day weekend before the kids go back to school and work starts and Q3 and um, cold weather. But here's the thing I want to talk about on today's show is that so many gifts come around this time from ending the summer cycle, from letting go, and I want to talk about what these gifts are to find them and what they mean for us and how we can apply them in our lives. Um, And so in the summertime, it can be very fast-paced, we are very... um, we're just in the energy of having fun and being creative, and it's natural for us to be outside and be social with our friends. You know, doing activities that we really couldn't do in the winter months. So we don't slow down in the summertime. We're we're running hard, we're running fast, running quick, and it's fun. You know, it's the, we're in the sun. We're it's summertime. Um, it's all about pleasure and enjoyment, and you know, being in our joy, being childlike. So. When fall comes around, the energy starts to change, you know, we start to get colder weather, the the foliage, the trees, all that starts to change, and the energy starts to change. So today what I want to talk about is um, the gift of empowered action, and what happened to me this summer, actually what, what I experienced, what I grew through, what I stepped into, and what I broke through was... Um, some level of powerlessness that I was experiencing in the summertime it was my it was something that was in my blind spot it was my blind side and you know in august this was a time where we were looking at where we were still held in victimhood in any parts of our life so at that moment in my life I stepped into my power and I took empowered action and in september that lesson continues I haven't ended that lesson. It didn't just end with August. It's continuing. I'm learning from it even more. I'm, I'm thriving from it. I'm expanding from it. And um, it's actually blossomed into this beautiful platform around my next book called The Empowerment Codes. So today's gift of empowered action is really from my heart. Um, it's an experience I had that I really want to share with you from a place of raw vulnerability and I hope it's something that resonates with you. So recently I went through a bullying incident from an employer, and um, this employer was really enabling the behavior on a constant basis and not taking any accountability, and it affected me greatly. So the emotions that I felt while this experience was going on, you know, I, I felt around the gamut of fear and shame and rejection, humiliation, powerlessness and anger, and what bothered me the most was that the bullying was coming from a woman. Yeah, yeah, it happens. The bullying was coming from a woman, my supervisor. And I was surprised to learn that female bullies thrive in workplaces until I experienced it myself. And what I'm calling it right now, what I'm naming it as, is women disempowering other women. And according to a nationwide poll by the Bullying Workplace Institute, I learned that 45% of American workers say they've experienced workplace abuse, otherwise known as bullying, and 40% of workplace bullies often are women. And guess what? Women bully- bullies pick on other women more than 70% of the time. And this was shocking to me. And I started to research. I started to just dive in there. You know, I, I am not even aware of a world where this is going on to the degree that I experienced it. I'm trying to build a world of sisterhood and women inspiring other women and women uplifting other women but this really opened my eyes to see how deep-rooted this kind of um, bullying is and when female bullies want to intimidate weaker women who they know won't fight back, um, we become their target and it not only affects work life but it also affects our health. So it's easy to develop headaches. Um, you can lose your appetite, you can have high blood pressure, you can even have insomnia, clinical depression and panic attacks, especially if you're prone to anxiety. So why do women disempower other women? I really wanted to delve deep on this topic and offer you tools and techniques to arm yourself. If this is something that you're facing or a friend is facing, you know, you do have power here. And that's what I'll share with you on today's episode. Um, So back to the question, why do women disempower other women? Because they feel disempowered themselves. They project their disempowerment and shortcomings onto other women. And then they resent themselves for giving away their power away. So to show that they are in control, they resort to bullying tactics. Most bullies are looking for power and control for an assortment of reasons. They want power and feed off their victim's energy, especially when the person doesn't stand up for herself. Also, women are often just less confrontational when attacked. They are threatened by the potential success of others. They want to stop you before you outshine them or reveal their shortcomings. They have a perfectionist or nitpicky personality combined with superiority about their skills and abilities. And they internalize the need to prove themselves and perform. So they are often stressed out by their own inadequacies and they're secretly ashamed of them. So I just wanted to sh- share those areas where um, women come from when they are disempowered because at the end of the day, we still need to shine a light on compassion and understand why women are coming from this disempowering place so we can step up and help if necessary. But first thing is first, you cannot allow or tolerate any abuse from anyone in your family, in relationships, and in the workplace, okay? So bullies are scary and even shocking, and we tolerate them in the workplace because we don't want to be attacked. We don't want the conflict, obviously, and we don't want to feel discomfort. So we either avoid them at all costs, or we just grit grit our teeth and we tolerate them. And that's how we stay victims. We are responsible for our own well-being and livelihood. That's our responsibility. You can't hand that over to anyone else. So we cannot be victims. We are the ones who allow bullies to bully. Okay, so it's an epidemic, and I really feel it's time to stop it. First, it's, a, it's good to understand bullies so we can disarm the situation. So bullies are overcompensating for something they want and do not have. It's human nature to crave safety, belonging, and mattering. Often one of these is exactly what the bully wants. He or she is just trying to get it in a dysfunctional way, in an inappropriate way. So one woman may shut others down and make them feel small and speak condescendingly because inside she doesn't feel worthy of success. Another woman spreads around rumors and gossip because inside she doesn't feel connected to her truth or purpose. What do these women have in common emotionally? They want to matter. They want to feel safe and belong. And once you uncover what a bully wants wants from you, you can really stand up for yourself and you can give it to yourself and you can give it to them. And this is how we empower ourselves by shifting the situation from tension to empowerment. And I just want to let you all know I've been through this. I've been a woman who craves safety, belonging, and mattering. And I've tried to get it in dysfunctional ways. I've shut other people down. I've made them feel small. I've shut myself down. I've made myself feel small. Um, you know, I've spread rumors. And I've learned from all this. I've grown from it. I've learned my lessons. I want to share that with you because we're all human, okay? This happens to all of us. And here are 10 ways I really feel that bullying um, can, can be stopped in its tracks by taking empowered action. So number one. Identify how you are enabling it. Where are you giving away your power? For me, I knew I didn't want to feel powerless and cower to my supervisor. I didn't want to give this woman control of my livelihood. And equally, I wanted to expose her for her behavior and send a message to the company that I will not tolerate this disempowering behavior. So I spoke up and I had some courageous conversations I documented the unprofessional males, I asked her to meet with me and discuss the nature of the unprofessional males. When she refused to meet with me, I escalated to her manager and to HR, showing them the paper trail. Finally, I decided that I deserved to work under a better supervisor and that if the behavior did not shift, I would transfer to another project or I would leave the company. So everyone has their limits of what is acceptable and not acceptable, okay? That's Step number one, identify how you are enabling it and where you're giving away your power. Step number two, end the enabling system. So here is when the bully is generally playing the, per- the persecutor role, which creates the need for a rescuer to protect the victim. That's called a drama triangle. And this drama triangle keeps us disempowered in a victim cycle, ping-ponging from victim to rescuer to persecutor. At this point, you can choose to be a creator, and not a victim by seeing yourself as a person who is worthy of a safe workplace, an appreciative manager, and the means to initiate personal change. When you choose this stance, you literally step into your power and activate your courage. You no longer wreak havoc and you're no longer feeling weak. You're no longer cowering. And when you come from a place like this, you'll naturally develop confidence to make the right decisions for yourself with self-respect, regardless of the outcome. The bully won't be able to feed off of your victim energy because you are no longer a victim. Number three, stop emotional spinning and get clarity. So here's when you get concrete, actionable steps, and this can work towards improving your situation. So show that you are seeking solutions and not looking to push blame around. You can ask the bully, what outcome do you desire? What is the benefit? How will you measure its success? Set time in the scope. You know, where, when, and with whom do you want this done? Why is this document or meeting valuable to the client or the team? Why do you want me to do it? I'm happy to do it. I just need to know why so I can measure its success. And then finally, what are the next steps? So here you're really getting out of the emotional spin, and you're defining and getting clear on what you can do. Number four, name it. Clearly communicate. State the observable behavior. This is where you describe specific behaviors that must change, and examples the bully can understand clearly. Then describe the impact, the damage that these behaviors are doing to yourself. For example, you can say something like, I would like professional emails. Or, I'm open to your feedback and I would like to schedule bi-weekly sessions. I will improve and progress based on information given to me in real time versus information I have not received for over two to three months. Another example is, when I'm spoken to in that way, condescending or attacked or accusing, I feel humiliated, judged, and demoralized. I am open to your feedback, delivered in a constructive manner. Are you open to discussing that with me? So you can take the higher road. You can keep it professional and you can document everything in email. Step number five, get a support system. Most women are afraid to confront their bullying bosses and suffer in silence. That's just what ends up happening. So you should now um, know that you can risk debilitating anxiety when you do this. And it's true. I mean, the statistics, the numbers spell it out. An estimated 54 million people say that they have been bullied at work, according to a recent survey by Zogby International. So the workplace is not a place for combat and war. I really, really believe that. It should be a place of trust, cooperation, and collaboration. So here's where you can stay empowered. Get support. Create support. Get coffee with coworkers outside the office. Join a women's empowerment circle. Seek counseling services if your office provides them. Take advantage of that. Step number six, know your rights. The other part of this is that your employer is responsible for providing a safe place to work and not perpetuating a hostile work environment, ignoring complaints and acting negligent. If they do, there are consequences. So your employer is responsible for monitoring the workplace, responding to complaints, and providing a system for registering complaints. I really encourage you to read up on your rights at the Equal... um, The Sorry, the EEOC EEOC rights, and you can go to www.eeoc.gov. And you can look up their policies and documents around harassment and um, anything really that will help to educate you. Step number seven, have a strategy in place. Take the lead and empower yourself. This is also called managing up. So set a time period, 30 to 60 days, where you'll meet weekly for 15 to 30 minutes to track their progress on releasing the challenging behaviors you've identified. Make the plan very specific in terms of what you want to see improve and the outcome you want, whether that's you want to schedule a project post-mortem and see improvements on a project level, whether you want email communication improvements, whether you want regularly scheduled feedback delivered in a professional manner, whatever that is, get really clear on that. And you can meet privately with your HR representative and let them know that you'll be documenting the situation and filing an official complaint if the situation doesn't improve. And if the turnaround doesn't occur, you can state clearly what the consequences will be, meaning a requesting for a transfer, um, going to another job, looking for other solutions, okay? And this is where step number eight comes in. Here's when you really need to rev up your courage. Get support from family and friends, Talking about the problems eases the burden and lowers the chances of stress-related illness. You have to be self-loving throughout this process and nourish your self-esteem. Talk to someone you trust. See a doctor or therapist, especially if you're having stress symptoms, stress, sleeplessness, appetite loss, or anxiety, any level of anxiety. And I also urge you to get witnesses to help you build a record of the bully's actions for a future complaint. Confront the bully with the same toughness she showed you. You can do this with a single witness or a group. And here's when you start coming into completion around all of this. Number nine, step number nine, launch the plan. Commit to ending the conflict once and for all. Be sure to track it frequently and make sure all concerns see the behavior change too. File a complaint. I know, I know, it can be really risky for your job. But if the previous actions didn't work, you need to establish a paper trail, suggest management training, or even removing the bully. You want to show your employer the cost of keeping the bully and of losing you. And if this is an employer that doesn't care about that, then perhaps it's time for you to, you know, assess if this is the right employer for you. Your dignity and self-esteem and self-respect is equally as important. So it's absolutely okay for you to look for another job. You know, valuing yourself and taking care of yourself and appreciating yourself and feeling safe in the workplace is extremely important. And you deserve an employer that validates you with that. And step number 10 is cultivate internal validation. So, you know, life is full of surprises, curveballs. Sometimes people just won't play fair and they'll engage you in their personal power struggles to feel better about themselves. You can play their game, or you can raise your standards. Taking the higher road may require some soul-searching and finding internal strength. When you find this level of spiritual strength, though, you will also find a deep level of support from the heart. This is where your courage lives. This support comes from speaking your truth, staying true to your integrity, and it will feel like a source of hope. And this source of hope is an internal power. It lives, breathes, and grows inside of you. And if you nurture it, it will return. It will in return rejuvenate you and help you become resilient in the face of adversity. And when you develop strong boundaries like this, people can feel it. They can't just come in and drain your energy because... Now you have a shield of courage, hope, and protection you've patched up the victimhood and you've no longer you know you're no longer leaking power because you don't need the approval and validation of that person. you change from the inside out from victim to victor and in the end you've done an incredibly brave thing for yourself and others. You are an inspiration and a role model of empowerment for women, your workplace and the world so I want to leave you with this that Every woman has the opportunity to support other women. And as the old adage goes, don't get mad, get even, right? Here's the thing, though. I, I didn't want to get mad or even. I mean, definitely there was a place for my rage. I had, I had to make space for rage and channel that energy so I could take empowered action and then really go into my wisdom and compassion, release the situation, ask grace to flow through me, ask the divine to intervene, and ask What is the best thing to do with all this experience and and, um, information that I've received? And the divine said, share it. Share it with the women in your life. Share it with your sisterhood. Share it with your community. So that's what I'm doing now. You know, I really want you all to know that I care about you. Um, I care about how you are respectful towards yourselves and how you emanate that respect and transmit that respect and receive that respect um in the workplace in your relationships in your career and in your families every woman has the opportunity to support other women and the entire experience has been a springboard for me to be in my power speak up for my rights so that I can teach young girls and women how to stay true to themselves if they are in a similar situation a culture that carries no accountability or negative consequences regardless of how harmful the behavior exhibited allows bullies and favoritism to thrive. And that's not, that's not a good place to be, okay? So we each have a responsibility to face up to bullies and to stop them in their tracks for ourselves and other women. It's time to create a new culture of collaboration and lift as we climb, not women disempowering women, rather women empowering women. And I really would love you to go to ShaktiPriestess.com. And if you've had experiences like this in the workplace, I would love to hear about it. Please join the conversation in the comments below. Just go down to Shakti Priestess and click on the article 10 Ways to Stop Bullying in Its Traps. Um, and I want to hear about your experience, has been. Please share. And you'll also find some really valuable and inspiring resources on bullying, victimhood, and empowerment to help you along your journey. So I hope this podcast was um, of help to you. I hope it was useful to kind of understand the framework of how bullying works, um, some tools and techniques to arm yourself and disarm the situation, and really just step into empowered action so you can be an empowered woman and shine your light. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Shakti Power. And as always, shine your light, share your gifts, and dance into your power. Namaste. Thanks for listening to Shakti Power. If you like what you heard, please share the Shakti Power podcast with your friends and be sure to visit ShaktiPriestess.com to claim your free goddess gift bundle.